We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, we have some Bulls news to talk about for once. The Bulls have made some additions to the roster. Javon Carter signing a three-year $20 million deal. Tory Craig signing a two-year deal with a player option on the second year. Seems like that's a minimum contract. Uh, and the Bulls still have a couple roster spots open, but this is the first time we're talking about free agency, Jason. Uh, I think I came into this free agency with super low expectations Absolutely. because I've been a Bulls fan my entire life. And if there's one defining quality of the Chicago Bulls in the post-Jordan era, it's that they constantly have disappointing off-seasons. Jason, there's a lot of people who could look at this year's offseason, signing Javon Carter, signing Tory Craig, re-signing Nikola Vucevic. And you could think, oh, that's another typical Bulls offseason where they just didn't make any meaningful contributions to the roster and nothing is going to materially change about the team next season. I would push back on that if that were the narrative and say, the Bulls got two pretty damn good players in free agency this year who will address the team's biggest weaknesses, and I think just generally sort of help make the Bulls a better team. So while the Bulls are still probably on a dead-end road going nowhere (laughs) in terms of, you know, their ultimate championship equity, and in terms of, you know, how are the Bulls going about building the next team they have that is a true contender for a championship, Well, that's not happening, Jason, because this team last year that was 40 and 42 is mostly running it back, but they're running it back with, I think, two pretty solid additions in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, two players who just might start this year at point guard and at power forward. 
So, Jace, we haven't talked about free agency at all. Uh, last time we did a podcast, I believe it was after Vucevic resigned. It was. His, a fully guaranteed three-year, $60 million deal. Did the Bulls bid against themselves for that? Maybe, but Nikola Vucevic is back. And now the Bulls, quote-unquote, mid-three, <laughs> not big three, but mid-three, has a couple of pretty good role players. Uh, has a couple of pretty good role players around them. So, James, how are you feeling about the state of the team right now? What is your what's your mindset like as a Bulls fan? All right, so we de- yeah we definitely recorded last time after the Vooch extension. We did not know that it was fully guaranteed all three years. I feel like that's kind of bad, but whatever. It's three years, whatever, three years, six, was it three years, 60 million fully guaranteed. We talked about how that third year was important. Not good, but do agree. Both these signings, I feel like were guys that we were like, yes, like these guys are guys. The bulls should go after with what the resources they have. I'm going to quote Rob Schaefer here, formerly of NBC sports, Chicago. Great. Who used to be a really solid bulls view reporter. He says, Still find the Bulls' general direction to be rudderless, but they've had a solid free agency period so far, given the constraints constraints they've imposed on themselves. I think that's absolutely correct. Javon Carter, uh, they used, well, like half the mid-level on him. Uh, And I think Javon Carter was a guy that we, I can't remember if we actually brought him up as a name, but I know I brought him up on Twitter as a guy that they should target. Absolutely. He's a Chicago guy, pride of Proviso East. Uh, what was like 39% three-point shooting this year. Our guy, Seth No had a really nice uh, kind of did a little video clip of him, just like why Javon Carter is a really good sign. He's basically like a younger Patrick Beverly, a better Patrick Beverly, basically. So like if you believe in the Patrick Beverly Bulls, who went 15 and or 14 and nine after they signed him, Javon Carter is a better version and a younger version of Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly signed with the Sixers, no longer with the Bulls. They signed the younger, better version of him in Javon Carter. Really solid signing with the, like, basically half the mid-level exception. Uh, And then there was a few days with, like, nothing. And it was like, oh, the Bulls are going to do, they're going to add nothing. Like, this is, Javon Carter was their only big move. Typical Bulls, blah, blah, blah. They signed Torrey Craig, who I believe is, I feel like Torrey Craig has also been, like, a guy like, oh, like, this would be a good Bulls target for the last few years. He's a wing. First of all, like, just adding another wing sized player we've talked about how patrick williams has been like the only like wing on the team for the last whatever was last season they finally got another guy who's like six seven six eight uh can play some wherever forward can play small forward can play power forward he can play up in lineups uh just some line of versatility there with him and he's also a solid three-point shooter he's not a great three-point shooter he shot 39 percent this last season career-wise he's around like 34 35 so he's not great but Still passable. Takes like two or three, three, uh, like I think he took three three pointers a game last season. So like, I think I saw someone tweet about how like if you put like Carter and Craig like in terms of like three point rate on like the last year's Bulls team, they were like both they both would both be top five. So this is two guys here that will be taking more three pointers. And as we've talked about forever here, the Bulls needed more three point shooting, and they've kind of addressed that. I, they p- could probably still use some more, but like with this, what 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 they've done so far uh, is really solid. It, does it really change the entire outlook of this franchise? I mean, probably not. Uh, as as Rob said in that uh, in that tweet, like 
like long term, like what are they actually doing here? I don't know. Like, are they getting that much better? Like, are they building championship equity? Probably not. But since they are running it back, it, at least it seems like they're running it back. We don't know. Like, I guess there's still could they still maybe trade Zach Levine? Like, could they? Was all the other stuff happening around the league? The Damian Lillard stuff, the James Harden stuff. Could the Bulls be involved with that? And end up like trading Zach and like in a big trade here. Maybe they could. I don't know. But like, if they do run it back, adding. Javon Carter adding Tory Craig is basically like all we can really expect. Like two guys, I feel like we both would be like, yes, these would be solid additions for the Bulls. And they got them at solid prices. Again, Carter 320 at basically half the MLE is a really nice deal. Tory Craig at the minimum feels like a huge steal. I thought he would get a little more than that. Like obviously he's been around for a bit. He didn't get into the league until he was like 26, 27, but like for whatever, he's been with some really with some contenders he played with he had some i think he had a really nice playoff series with the suns with against the clippers i think he shot like 55 percent from three did not do as well against the nuggets but just a solid three and d wing and again the bulls needed guys uh, a wing with some size and some shooting to get him at the minimum as as what it seems like he's at that's what spot rack has him at uh that's a really great deal i i thought they would have to use like the biannual exception to get him it seems like they got him at the minimum, which is, again, I think that's a steal. Uh, so, like, a couple guys that I feel like that we targeted as guys that they should go for, they got them. So, like, that makes the Bulls a better team. What, like, what, whatever you think of where they're going with, like, with this core, uh, I think we all agree that this core is just the ceiling is not that high. But if they're going to keep this core, they have made a couple pretty meaningful additions to them. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, Jace, I think as fans, we're in it for championships, right? Yeah. Like, that's what it's all about. And the Bulls are in such a frustrating place because they are not really attempting to win the championship. I've said that on this podcast over and you over. Have. The Bulls' goal is to make the playoffs without paying the luxury tax. And we'll see. Maybe the Bulls will end up paying the luxury tax this year, or at least start the season as a luxury tax team. That payment does not come due until the end of the season. And last year, the Bulls received a $15 million handout for not paying luxury tax, mostly funded by the Clippers and the Warriors. Uh, But, you know, Jace, if you're going to be a team that is just essentially playing for the middle, the least you can do is get a little bit better year over year. Yeah. In last offseason, when we were doing this podcast, both of us knew, everyone knew, who follows the NBA closely, that the Bulls did not meaningfully improve themselves by signing Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. This year feels different, though. And I've brought up the Thad Young, Tomas Sederan. <laughs> you have. Before. I do think it's a little bit similar to that offseason. Uh a couple differences, though, is this time, like, the Bulls are much closer to a decent team. They were one win away from being a 500 team. I don't have their, like, net rating or point differential in front of me, but I it was positive. It was positive. They, they outscored their opponents last year. Yep. And we know that the Bulls had a lot of poor luck in clutch games. I think they essentially had, like, four wins stolen from them. At the end of games, I'm not totally buying into this a ton, but it's worth mentioning at least when we talk about the Bulls. questionable calls. Uh, like there was like the Demar Wizards game where he should have gotten called for like a three point foul attempt against him. 
the Donovan Mitchell 71 point game, there was some controversy around that. There were a few games where like easily could have gone the Bulls way uh, with maybe like better calls for them. And they were obviously a mid team either way, but like, sure. Yes, absolutely. Continue. So if the Bulls had some good luck last year, maybe yeah. they would have finished a couple games over 500. Ultimately, they still may have not made the playoffs. They finished, like we said, 40 and 42. They were a mid team, no matter what. Regardless, they were mid for sure. Uh, but I feel like heading into this season, they have improved the team yeah. because both of these signings at least address the weaknesses in the team. And we can start with Javon Carter. This broke on the first day of free agency on June 30th, uh, shortly after the 5 p.m. deadline. Bulls and Carter agreed to a three-year, $20 million deal. And I really like this move for a few reasons. First of all, the Bulls obviously needed help at point guard. Now, Javon Carter is nothing like a traditional floor general in terms of someone who's going to be like a heavy pick and roll guard, someone who's really going to be like breaking down the defense. Yeah, not putting pressure on the rims. Instead, what Javon Carter is, is essentially a six foot one, tiny three and D win. And he's a tenacious bulldog defender, always has been. He's a better Patrick Beverly, is what he is. Dating, <laughs> dating back to his days at Proviso East High School in South Suburban Chicago. And would. getting back Shout to his out. time at West Virginia, where he was uh, an excellent college guard, veteran career there. Yeah, he's been someone who can really defend. And I think that the Bulls didn't have that point of attack defense without Lonzo Ball on the team. They certainly didn't have a volume three-point shooter, and that's another area where Javon Carter really shines. Last year, per 100 possessions, Javon Carter took nine three-point attempts per 100. So I think you said that would have been third on the Bulls last year behind Levine and Kobe White. He's someone who will not turn down an open three. And when he does pump fake on the three, he typically is hunting another three. It's great. Uh, Love it. Love it. Javon Carter takes about 60% of his shots from three-point range. Uh, he can't do much inside of the arc, Jason, but he's a confident shooter from three. And last year, uh, from three, he hit 42%, 42.1%. Is that correct? He was around and, 40. He was 40 something. Yeah. So uh, I think that he's just really going to help him there. Yeah. The numbers I have up regular season, 42.1% from three. From Javon Carter. So I think just the fact that he's willing to take open threes is really going to help the Bulls offense because last year with Io starting a point guard, with Patrick Williams starting a power forward, the Bulls just passed up so many open threes. And that's part of the reason why they were dead last in three-point attempts and three-point makes last season. Just having a guard who's going to be willing to take those shots is going to really help them, especially if he can knock them down at about a 40% clip as he did last year. Now, Javon Carter doesn't really offer much scoring besides for bomb and threes. He can't really finish around the basket. He doesn't have a floater game. So he's essentially going to be someone who either rips the three or keeps the ball moving offensively. But I think that's the type of player the Bulls really needed, a connective tissue type who could be a volume three-point shooter. He's He's just a better Patrick Beverly. Basically, he's younger, better Patrick Beverly, a dog defender, 
He takes more threes. He hits them at a better rate. So like if they like believed in the 14 and nine Patrick Beverly thing, which again, I feel like you got to take a lot of that with a grain of salt. You could just go get a guy who is also from a rival. You take him from the bucks. Pretty good. Uh, You get this guy who's a better, a younger, better version of the guy who you signed uh, whatever for half a quarter of a season last year. It makes sense. It's good. Continue. Yeah, so I I really liked the uh, Javon Carter signing. And when the Bulls made it, I thought, you know, I tweeted this this morning when I woke up. If they could sign Tory Craig, Tory Craig, I would consider this a pretty good Bulls offseason, all things considered. Yeah, they're not on the path to a championship whatsoever. But at least they would address their weaknesses, make yeah. sensible moves, and have a better offseason than they had last year with Drogic and Drummond. Uh, so when the news came in today, and I was having a horrible day, <laughs> as I've been telling Jason about, I won't get into it on the podcast. Everything's all good. Just had a... Uh, Ricky's a back in Chicago is basically okay. all you need to know. I'm back in Chicago, and yeah. Things are happening, but it's all right. Tory Craig. But, uh, when the Tory Craig news came across Twitter, I was thrilled. And I thought, well, this is about the best the Bulls could have done. To add a guy like this yep. in a minimal contract, like you said, they needed forwards for one. Patrick Williams was the only forward-sized guy on the entire roster. Now he has uh, somebody else behind him, you know, who knows, possibly in front of him, pushing him, if nothing else. 6'7", 221 pounds. And a guy who last year hit 39.5% of his threes on a pretty decent volume per 100 possessions. Uh, Tory Craig took 6.3 three-pointers per 100. So, you know, like you said, would have been in the top five on the Bulls last year, taking threes more frequently than Nikola Vucevic uh, in terms of, you know, his threes per 100. So I think that's encouraging. And then just he sort of does fit the mold of the type of player AK traditionally looks for in terms of just like a high-energy athletic forward. But this time the guy can shoot a little bit. Uh, certainly an upgrade in terms of shooting over Derek Jones Jr. and Javante, a more competent spot-up shooter. So, yeah, the Bulls just needed another forward. They needed a guy who could stretch the floor a little bit. They needed someone who could help out on the offensive glass. Last year, the Bulls were the worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA, I believe. Uh, Torrey Craig finished in the 80th percentile of all NBA players in terms of Kind of underrated, that little move, that... That the offensive glass thing, that definitely hurts their I mean, their offensive rating. They just got never got second chances because I feel like they that is I feel like that's been talked about how like they sold out like defensively to not whatever to get transit to stop transition opportunities. They did not attack the offensive glass like ever. So that hurt their offense. That made their defense a little better. Maybe Tory Craig can help can help the 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 offense a little bit with whatever offensive. Rebounding opportunities, the three-point shots, absolutely. So that could be another little a little added addition there. So, yeah, I mean, he was just a very sensible addition. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. Why would we count on the Bulls to make sensible additions? The last <laughs> three transactional periods where they had a chance to improve the roster, they chose to do nothing. They had not added a good player to the team, Jason, since they got DeRozan, Lonzo, and Alex Caruso. So it had been so long since we've seen the team actually sign an impact player or acquire an impact player that to see them get two guys who are going to actually help the team in consecutive days, 
to start free agency was uh, it was pretty exciting. So I'm going to choose to be optimistic about this. Obviously, I think, you know, we could talk about the Bulls. We could be measured about it. We could be measured about it. Like, you know, the Bulls are still going nowhere. There's no doubt. Yeah, the mid three still has like has their problems. Their net rating together as the last few years has been mid. That's what we call them the mid three. But like if they're going to continue with them, they've made some nice moves on the margins. We've complained about the margins the last couple of years. The margins have been bad. Hopefully Marco is gone. <laughs> but like the signings they've made here in these last couple of days, Javon Carter makes a lot of sense. Tory Craig makes a lot of sense like what with what they needed. And they could still make a few more moves. And we could talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, absolutely. Like, even if you don't like the direction, if you thought they should have blown it up, like, obviously, you're not going to be you're still not going to be that happy. But like, if they're going to continue with the core of this team, the moves they've made is basically all you can really expect. They've made a couple of really nice moves. So we can be optimistic about that. Yeah, I think my main thing is, Jason, I would have been cool with them blowing it up if they could have gotten a really good deal for Zach. Right. Yeah. What would that look like? It would be a return similar to what DeJounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell fetched last year. If it was in that range, if they were to get three first round picks for Zach, maybe a decent young player too, that would have been awesome. I don't think that that deal was on the table. In terms of trading DeMar, which is something me and you both were in favor of, or I shouldn't speak for you, but I certainly... No, no, I'm all good for trading them. I feel like, whatever, go with Zach and like some of these role players. I guess if you keep Vooch, it's fine. If you could trade DeMar just because he's expiring, don't want to give him new money, I would totally make sense. But Jace, to me, they missed their window on that last year. Trade deadline. Yeah. So is it expiring contract? What is DeMar's value? I don't know. Right. He could still have value. We'll never know because they're not going to trade him. They love Doesn't DeMar. Seem like it. Probably going to sign him to a contract extension, which is a more depressing issue for another <laughs> day. But I don't think there was a value positive Levine deal out there. Let's, hold on. Let's talk about the Levine stuff right now. Sure. So like, do you think with the deal, with the, the trade requests out there in the league, Harden, Lillard do you think there's any way the Bulls get into that I feel like we've heard some rumblings whatever from our what are our Twitter peeps about like oh the Bulls might get into this we've heard I mean there have been reports out there the Bulls have been whatever talking to teams about Levine like in like a Lillard trade like if the Bulls were to get into that like with Levine like is there anything even there that would make sense to you like like would you take Tyler like Tyler Hero or like if there's anything there, like do you think there's anything there that would make sense for the Bulls to get involved in any of these other superstar trades that are probably going to happen in the next couple months? Yeah, I think it's unlikely they get involved. I think that like maybe if they did get involved, it could involve Zach Levine. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if it did involve Zach Levine, like what would you need back if yeah, like, in, if they were like involved in the Dame trade? Yeah. What would you what would you need back? I mean, I would want three picks, three unprotected picks, or if not, how about two unprotected picks or lightly protected picks? Would and you want Tyler? Would you want Tyler Hero? No, I mean, not really. I get the argument though that maybe Hero isn't a ton worse than Zach, and I think he makes like fifteen million a year less. Yeah, I think he's about like four one twenty. I can't remember what his deal was. Um, and I get it. But no, that doesn't do a ton for me unless I'm getting premium picks. Back. Right. And that's the problem. They they can't offer that. Really, in that deal, 
the pick's got to go to Portland because Portland's right. treating Damian Lillard right. is much better player than Zach Levine. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the Bulls still getting into that and for making a really good trade on Levine long-term or still trading DeRozan. But I think that's probably unlikely. I think that the team next year is going to be DeRozan, Vooch, Levine. Yeah, probably. Javon Carter, Tory Craig, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, Andre Drummond. Kobe White. Maybe that's a decent top eight. And maybe Io DeSumo as well. So uh, Kobe White. Let's Not- talk about Co- let's talk about Kobe White. Three years, thirty-three million. I think that's a really solid deal. Like I'm not a big Kobe guy. I feel like we have not been big Kobe guys, but three years, thirty-three million. That's just below. I guess it's up to forty million, right? What? I feel like that was reported really strangely. It's like it first came out it was three thirty-three, and then I think it came out it was three forty with incentives. I have not seen the incentives. I don't know what. Not quite sure what those are. Either way, that's whatever. Yeah. Three, three for eleven per million per year or three per whatever 13 million per year not that big a difference either way i feel like either way like around the mle is basically what this deal is which is we were worried about like whatever a team offering like 15 million a year or up bulls getting him around an mle value i feel like is is pretty good uh i've never been a big kobe guy he's been super inconsistent throughout his career here but he did get better he did improve last season i feel like uh, so I feel like that's a super fair deal for him. And I feel like he could absolutely outplay that if he keeps developing and he gets better. How do you feel about the Kobe deal? Yeah, I think it's a pretty fair deal for both sides. First of all, good for Kobe. I mean, yeah. $33 million up to $40 million. That's a pretty sick deal for him, yeah. I think. Uh, so good for him. Obviously, the Bulls still need shooting. Like I said, last in yeah, three course. takes, last in three-point makes. Kobe was the second best shooter on the team. Probably still is. He's probably a better shooter still than Carter because he's a higher volume shooter. Carter was a little more accurate last year. We'll see if that holds. Uh, So it's an interesting deal. I also think it's very tradable, potentially. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This covers Kobe's, like, I think 24, 25, 26 seasons. So... You know, it's a type of move where, like, you're you didn't want to lose him like you did with Markinen. You didn't, uh, you know, there might not have been a good sign and trade out there. Yeah, right. He's someone who can, you know, play either guard spot and who can give you spot up shooting with volume, and that's one thing the team really needs. So, um, I don't know if I think Kobe White's going to finish that deal on the Bulls, but Arturis Karnaschovas when he took over the team has only kept around Zach Levine and Kobe White. Yeah, I think it was the last so two. There's yeah. a reason that Kobe's still here in, ter- in terms of Arturis' vision, whatever the fuck that vision is. For <laughs> uh, but I think it's a good deal all around. Like, it's fine, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I would yeah. probably, if you could move him for a bigger player who could shoot and bring back Io, I think maybe you do that. But also, Kobe had the best year of his career in year four, even though his numbers didn't show it. And I think, you know, he's not a great fit next to Levine, which has always been one issue with Kobe. Like, the two of those guys together, a little bit overlapping strengths and weaknesses. It's just such a bad defensive pairing in particular. And neither of them are, like, high-level playmakers. But Kobe can shoot. I think he's a good he's a good match with DeRozan. 
And just adding a couple more like tough defenders, hopefully will set Kobe up for more success. And I will note, Kobe got better defensively last year. Too, he did. Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Totally trash on that. end. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's all right. So, all right. I love, I like how you brought up whatever the fit with Levine fit with the Rosen. So with the guys that they did sign, how do you, how do you envision the starting lineup playing out? Yeah. Uh, and just like the rotation in Divine general, with what they got right now, what do you what do you like about what do you? All right, how do you see it envisioning? Do they yeah. do they start Javon Carter? Do they start Kobe? Uh, do they start Tory Craig or Patrick Williams? I would I would assume they do not start Tory Craig or Patrick Williams. I guess I would guess it's Carter, Levine, DeRozan, Pat Vooch. Maybe they start Kobe over Carter. I don't know. I, Carter seems like an I I just I like Kobe in the six man just. Dis- bench whatever guard role microwave role just in general uh but what do you where do you see that kind of playing out what about alex caruso i mean caruso yeah obviously i feel like i mean caruso's uh, is in general it's like one of their what probably top in terms of impact he's probably what number like two or three actually but he's at worst their fourth best yeah probably better than that so like oh god so okay, all right. So then we'll bring Caruso into it. What would be your starting lineup with the group that they have right now? I would start Javon Carter and I would start Patrick Williams. I think Carter is an especially good fit in the starting lineup because his skill set complements your best players. Uh, he's a good fit next to Zach in the backcourt because he's a bulldog defender at the point of attack. We've talked a lot about Javon Carter shooting, but his on-ball defense is really a signature skill. Uh, so I definitely start Carter. I think, you know, his ability to shoot threes with volume helps in his pairing with DeRozan and Vooch. His ability to defend helps with his pairing with Levine. And, you know, one of his signature skills this year on the Milwaukee Bucks was bombing three pointers in transition and just giving the Bulls a little bit more transition punch, even if those are frustrating shots, if they don't go in. I think it's just really going to help the team. Like it's obviously impossible to replace Lonzo because Lonzo's a one of a kind basketball freak, mentally, physically, everything. But you know, Carter is a six foot one tiny little guard. He can replace some of the defensive impact. Now that his defense is similar to Lonzo, but like he's a good defender, especially at the point of attack. Lonzo probably much better as a help defender. But I think like he will replace some of what you miss in Lonzo on the defensive end. And then offensively, obviously, the volume shooting. Uh, you know, you hope the shooting improvement from last year holds for Carter. But if it does, you know, that's what they need in that spot. They need kind of like a three and D point guard. Also, Lonzo was not really effective driving the ball to the basket either. No, not at all. So him and Carter are sort of similar there where like neither of them are going right. to get rim pressure uh, or get free throws. I think I looked up both Lonzo and Javon Carter average under one free throw attempt per 36 minutes. <laughs> so they're not the there type of who's like putting pressure on the basket, right? They're both like 0. 0.8 uh, free throw attempts per 36. So I'm starting Carter. Yeah. I think he compliments Levine and DeRozan really well. And I, I think that you know, we can. This was the Bulls finished number five in defensive efficiency last year, and Carter should help them maintain maintain that level. Yeah. 
So I'm starting him. And then I think like year four, is this the Patrick Williams breakout year? Please. I mean, please. I think they're banking. I think they're banking on that. Like if you're keeping this core together, I think you're banking on Patrick Williams making a leap to whatever, be part of your team ceiling getting better. Right. I mean, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the only avenues, like whatever they've, whatever Carter solid edition, Tory Craig solid edition, but like if you're meaning meaningfully going to make a leap, it's got to be Patrick Williams. It's got to be Kobe White. It's got to be the young guys because we know what you're going to get out of the veterans and the get guy, the guys that you signed. So like if you're meaningfully making a leap, Patrick Williams has got to be better. So like so yeah, the starting lineup. I, I guess the, the starting lineup doesn't ultimately makes whatever make the difference. Obviously, who closes games also matters. So like, I guess closing lineup. With the team you have right now, what's your, what's the closing lineup? I feel like yeah. Caruso has got to be in the close. That's why, like, where we bring Caruso in, I feel like he needs to be in the closing lineup. Or is Javon Carter or Tory Craig in your closing lineup on this roster? We'll see. I think you're cycling between Pat, Craig, and Carter, with Caruso being a lock. Caruso, I feel like it has to be in the closing Those lineup. Those three guys. And Caruso, like, is he a point guard? Is he a power forward? Is right. He, that's the genius of Caruso. It doesn't matter. What Does Vooch have to be in the closing lineup? Do we go, like, Patrick Williams is, like, the closing five with DeMar, with DeMar Zach, Caruso, and then, like, one of the other guys? I think they, they do have they do have a, a little more lineup versatility with Craig, which is not again they they have not had like another forward. That's been like a big problem with this roster, not having another wing who can like do anything. Tory Craig is what what is he six seven? They have not had like another guy at like six seven, six eight, six nine, along with Patrick Williams to whatever, just be a, an actual forward. They just have not had that kind of lineup versatility. So maybe they can actually do that now that they have Tory Craig on this roster again. He's not great, but like for what was available at the minimum, great signing. So like, so we'll see. So Billy's got a little more line of versatility now for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
Yeah, and uh, I wanted to close talking about this, Jason, like, because me and you have mentioned this on the podcast a bunch of times. Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic were extremely durable last year. Each they of were. them making the top 11 of the NBA yes. in total minutes played. So when we talk about the Bulls, like, making improvements to the team. I am worried about this. this year, yeah. The linchpin of the team is still those three guys. Yeah. If those guys miss more time, DeRozan and Vooch in their mid-30s yeah. now. Levine, last year pretty durable despite the lingering knee issues. Will those knee issues pop up again? Will he be able to maintain the durability he had last year? That is really going to depend. That's really going to determine how good the Bulls are. But if those three guys can play as many games and play as many minutes as they played last year without regressing too much due to the age curve, Carter and Craig are the type of players who should make those guys even better. So. That's my big takeaway. Yeah. I am worried about the injury thing. Like Vooch played all 82 games last year. And Vooch has like generally been a pretty durable guy, but like playing all 82 games is that's the this is the first time he's played all 82 games this last season. So like even if he misses five to ten games, like is that gonna be a problem? They do have Drummond back. We'll see if that makes an impact. Like and like Zach missed, I think, six games last year. Or Demar. Demar and Zach both missed like five or six games. So like if they miss say 10 games, like is that can how much will that impact them? We'll see. I don't know. Um let's look let's finish up here in terms of like whatever the rest of free agency here. So uh the team right now, they are they got whatever, they got uh Seems like they had Tory Craig at the minimum. Io is still a question mark. Io has a five million dollar qualifying offer. It'd be great if Io did not take that qualifying offer and like they signed him. T- It'd be probably the best case scenario with Io is probably like a a longer term deal at less the co- at the qualifying offer at like three or four million. We'll see if that actually happens. I don't know what his market. I feel like there's like probably no market for Io. Which is why I think he probably takes the qualif- qualifying offer, but I don't know. They're there. What What do you think about the IS situation? Wait, how about two years, seven million? Yeah, with the Arturis Karnashovas special, the player option. option. Yeah, on the yeah. end. So then he's guaranteed seven million dollars, right? Which would, you know, that's better than five point one or whatever his player option is, and maybe he could be convinced to take that because. You know, he controls if he wants to test the market again. Yeah. I mean, that would be, I would, it would probably be, be better if he took whatever a smaller long term deal. Um, just in general, I don't know. I, I've mentioned that whatever, if IO leaves, it's fine, but like it doesn't seem like it's, it's probably just not much of a market for him. So, like, if they can bring him back for whatever two or three year deal. At less than the qualifying offer of five billion, that'd be great. That gives you a little more breathing breathing under the tax. Because right now, I believe the Bulls are probably going to try to sneak under the tax still. And the fact that they got Craig at the minimum is huge for that. I would have assumed they would have had to use the biennial for that. I guess we have not brought up the Lonzo Ball disabled player exception, which they applied for yesterday. Apparently, that is ten point two million. That does count towards the tax if they use it. So, like, and they've already used whatever they've already used part of the mid level. So, we have to mention that again. I don't know what actual money figure there are now, but they are hard capped at $172 million. The ter- current taxable 
salaries they're at is like 157 or 158, especially after adding Craig. I think they might be a little higher than that. So like they do have a hard cap they are playing with at once 172 million uh, because of uh, using the mid-level. The Lonzo disabled player exception is worth 10 point up to 10.2 million. That can be used to either trade for a player in his the last year of his contract, so an expiring contract. They could sign somebody for a one-year deal, or they can make a waiver claim, uh, I think, for somebody who is in the last year of his deal. So it is interesting that, that they did apply for that. Uh, I'm curious if they actually will use it. I'd be surprised if they did, but maybe they do have somebody they're targeting, and that, especially since they signed Craig to a minimum. I, again, I'm surprised they signed him to that minimum deal. They do have a little bit of like to to play with, especially if Io does not come back. But um, anybody you are targeting, or do you think they could they could use that uh, Lonzo Ball disa- disabled player exception with the most likely candidates Gallinari? On the Wizards now, after uh, being traded there in the Porzingis, Marcus Smart, Tyus Jones deal, the Bulls tried to sign him last year. It did. It's under that. But the thing is, Jason, if the Bulls were to use that exception, it counts against the cap. It does. So hypothetically, the Bulls could give Grant Williams a one-year $10.2 million deal. They couldn't. But we don't think that's going to happen because and Grant is a restricted free agent. So just like P.J. Washington, right. their incumbent teams would have the opportunity to match. Yeah, I would assume the Celtics would match like a one-year $10 million. Maybe think. not. But, but anyways, it's the Bulls probably aren't going to do yeah. it because it would take them into the tax. But I think, you know, maybe it's something they could use at mid-season. Yes, Uh, Again, I would be shocked if they did because I don't expect them to pay the tax for a 46 or 47 win team, but they should. They definitely should because they're trying to win. Yeah, They're not trading Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan for draft picks. They re-signed Nikola Vucevic and they got a guy in Lonzo who they're paying $20 not to play. So use that exception, pay the tax, take someone on mid-season or now Christian Wood. P.J. Washington, Grant Williams, those are the three names out there that would help them. Maybe Kelly Oubre as well. Uh, And they should definitely use that exception and pay the tax. Even if it only gets them one or two more wins, Well, they're trying to win. So you you should use it. I do not know how, like, the the speed of, like, they're going to determine this. Uh, exception. I don't know if that's going to happen like tomorrow. I mean, I feel like it should happen very quickly uh, with the league. They have to determine whatever if Alonzo is going to miss the entire season. It's he's cl- obviously going to miss the entire season. He's doing a surgery that like no one has ever done. So like, I would hope that is done quickly so they have the opportunity to at least make this decision on this DPE uh, v- relatively quickly. We'll see. Again, it has not been approved yet, but they applied for it yesterday. Hopefully it does get approved soon. And if they're going to use it, that it's going to, yeah, like maybe they could use it. And one of those guys, again, like a guy like, like, like PJ Washington, Grant Williams, like those are really ideal names. I would assume though their incumbent teams would match. I mean, the Hornets have like no reason to not match that for PJ Washington, the Celtics as well. But 
maybe they would. I have no idea. Or maybe they would not. Sorry. Uh, I mean, those are like definitely great fits. I feel like for the Bulls, just like, I mean, our forwards who can shoot a little bit would make a lot of sense. But it will be interesting to see if the Bulls actually do use that. Because I'd, when I was debating if they were actually going to apply for it, so they did, which is, I think, is a good sign that they're maybe they will actually use it. I feel like that is maybe more of a tool to use at the trade deadline. Um, we'll see about again about the tax because again, the Bulls right now. Let's go over their just their tax situation right now, or just their contract situation. Oh god, I had it pulled up twenty three twenty four. Right now, they are tax or just like salary wise, they are at about a hundred. Spot Rex has one hundred forty fifty seven hundred fifty six point five million. Basically, that's without counting Julian Phillips, because I believe Julian Phillips has not signed his rookie contract yet. But you add like I think a million to him. Uh, they could use. I think there's a new exception in this new CBA they could use for his like a second round exception. Either way, it's going to be like a million dollars. They're like one fifty seven, one fifty eight, including Julian Phillips, and I think that's twelve players. Carly Jones has non guaranteed money. Marco has non guaranteed money. Please get the fuck, get Marco Simonovic out of here. Carlick, whatever. If they want to keep him around, that's fine. But I think right now they have like 11 guys without Julian Phillips. So I think 12 with Julian Phillips. And they're again 157, 158. So that puts them 7 million below the luxury tax line. They still have um, a their minimum or their MLE left. They still have the biannual left. So they still could pay, uh, use a little bit, use their exceptions. I don't know what's actually like left on the free agent market. There's not that, I feel like there's not that much of it. Ricky, I don't know if you've looked into any more. If there's anybody else left in free agency that you would like to see them sign. You want Mo Bamba, Jason? I feel like he's going to be a minimum guy. I mean, I would bring him in for the minimum. If he's like your third center, absolutely. Sure, why not? I feel like there's nobody else they would actually use for like the minute for like the BAE or like their MLE though. Like Malik Beas- Malik Beasley was somebody I thought about. He went for the minimum to the Bucks today. Uh like I don't know if there's really anybody left that's gonna like really go for any sort of money. Is, is there any chance that you get Christian Wood on a one? Right. Christian Wood's deal? actually yeah, Christian Wood's actually a really good idea. Like I feel like Christian Wood is just like not well regarded around the league because he's just kind of like a piece of shit. Like, could they sign him for their buy in? He he doesn't defend. It's not because he's a piece of shit. Sorry, look, but I feel like his (laughs) attitude. I feel like his attitude is just like not well regarded around the NPA. Sure. Like, could you could you sign him for the biannual exception? Like, if you're willing to go into the text and use the biannual, I feel like that'd be. I mean. That's great value for is that a $4 even if he dollar deal even about? if he is like a questionable whatever guy like the buy-in like this guy averaged like twenty points a game like last year or two years ago like him I think feel like they're restricted guys so you have no chance again PJ Grant I feel like I just don't know who you're gonna trade you have to sign and trade if you're gonna get PJ or Grant and I just don't know who you're gonna do like are you gonna sign and trade IO for one of those guys maybe like I don't I don't know if that would actually happen. Iowa is another big question mark just with this with this five million qualifying offer. Again, I would love to get Io for like a multi-year deal for like three or four year deal for like three million a year. I just don't know if that's gonna happen, but outside, like yeah, Christian Wood. P- I feel like Christian Wood, PJ Washington, Grant Williams are like your three like forward big man targets. Two of those guys are restricted though. I just feel like that's just not gonna happen. But Christian Wood is 
the Mavs are not bringing him back clearly. So I'm curious, but like no one signed him. So I'm curious what he's going to go for. So I don't know. Maybe. I yeah, would absolutely then, take I would absolutely take Christian Wood as like your oh, backup yeah. power forward. Christian just the talent Wood. wise. You just the talent. Absolutely. Christian Wood can score, man. Yeah. He can score and he can and the Bulls the need offense. And the Bulls absolutely yeah. need offense. Yeah. He can stretch Christian the floor. Awesome. Yeah. Is it realistic or likely that he would choose the Bulls? Probably no. not, because I don't think they're going to give him a big role. Right. You know, but so in if they did give him a role. You know, then is Tory Craig the third string power forward? Like, that would be cool to have someone as capable as Tory Craig, who hit, I think, 55% of his threes in the Suns' first round series. He did. I mean, I would say Christian Wood is your backup four. Drummond's your backup five. Wood's your backup four. Tory Craig's your backup three. Uh, So, I mean, you would have really nice depth there. Again, I don't think Christian, I don't think that's happening with Christian Wood, but I mean, they should look into it at least. Do it, hell yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say Christian Wood is one of the biggest offense, defense, effectiveness splits in the NBA. He's very talented on offense. He's, he's an efficient scorer who could stretch the floor from three. He could dunk inside. He's got pretty good touch inside the arc, but he just sucks on defense. Right. And because of that, he loses coaches' trust. Uh, and kind of similar to Io, like I really want Io back because I think Io is primed for a bounce back here this year. Last year, defended, and I believe the 77th percentile per EPM of all defenders, offense 18th percentile. Whoa. Just so but that's largely because he couldn't shoot. You're right. And he just got his offense year. Off so I think Io's true, like, you know, his actual shooting talent probably lies somewhere between his rookie year and his sophomore year. And if that's the case, he's due for a bounce back here next year, as long as he can maintain his excellent defense. So I'd really like IO back. Uh, If they don't bring him back, I think that then maybe Dalen Terry has more of a route to minutes. Whereas right now, if they bring IO back, I'm like, how is Dalen getting on the floor? I would trade Dalen Terry right now. I could see Dalen's salary dump to avoid the luxury tax mid-season, which would be really depressing to trade. It would be. Overall pick. It's bad. I feel like they would not do that, but like, yeah. I mean, with Dalen Terry and Phillips, like they're just like so much the same similar player. Like I feel like you just can't like have both of them on the roster, but we'll see. Maybe Maybe they ditch Io instead. And they try to whatever invest in Dalen and Julian Phillips, and we'll see what happens. I don't know, uh, but yeah, Ricky, do you have any final thoughts on what but, has yeah, happened? Yeah, let's talk about this, Jace. Yeah, here's how we'll end it. Yeah, where do these moves, assuming full health, okay, them, put the Bulls in the yeah games? the ceiling of the Bulls? All right, let's all right, let's do. I was I've talked about this with multiple people, including my friend Chris, was we have a bet every single year. Uh, I would probably say what fifth ceiling because I mean the Heat are gonna get Damian Lillard, it's gonna happen, whatever. Like the Blazers gonna say we're gonna take the best deal. Dame wants to go to the Heat, he's probably gonna go to the Heat. The Heat are obviously better, Celtics better, Bucks better, Sixers. We'll see what happens with the Sixers and Harden, but like they have Embiid still and Maxi, so I would guess they're still better. So that's probably better. So that's was that four or five teams? The Knicks. I th- then I feel like the Knicks, Raptors, Pacers, Bulls, Hawks, 
maybe even the magic like are all just like in a jumble of teams like after the number what five and after so i feel like the ceiling is number five probably right again top four heat sixers bucks celtics clearly so the ceiling is probably five and after that that fair to you is that what you would think well I mean, the Heat were just number eight, and they lost. But, if they, but the, I'm, I'm assuming they're getting Damian Lillard. Yeah, I'm not. They have nothing. I'm to assuming they're Damian getting Damian Lillard. Lillard. Dame is pushing. Dame is literally saying, "I'm going to the Heat." Maybe the Blazers will actually play hardball. Here. They have nothing to trade for. They have Tyler Hero, <laughs> which I'm still just assuming. When a player says, "I'm going there," they usually get there. I'm just assuming if Dame goes there, the Heat are better. If they don't. The Bulls can probably finish better than them. They Either way, okay. Nothing to trade for Lillard. Nothing. Two first round picks in 2028 and 2030. Yeah, it's Tyler garbage. Lillard. Their package is garbage. The trade package is garbage. absolute dog shit. Absolutely. So let's uh, set aside the Heat, who are like the Heat, obviously, with Lillard are better. Jace, move Jace. us move aside that. All that matters. Is that the Bulls are better than the Knicks? It's the only thing I care about. Do you think they would you you are going to say they're better than the Knicks? No, I'm saying it's on the table. Last I would I would say like the Bulls and Knicks were like I feel like they were like a toss up team. The Knicks won like they the Bulls obviously lost a lot of toss up games last year. The Knicks were probably better than the Bulls last year. Yeah, they definitely were. They won a series. The Bulls will they, will they be better than the Bulls next year? Probably. I don't think it's like totally for sure. It's on the I table. A, I think it's a toss in. Toss on the in. table, baby. Yeah, that's fair. So that's what I'm really looking for. I'm I'm pretty high on the Cavs. I like what the Cavs did getting shooting around their big four with George Niang, who I liked for the They Bulls. should not that trade Jared team. Allen. There have been Jared Allen trade trade rumors out there. I think they should not do that. Don't yeah, do I mean, it. It depends what they get back for him, but probably right. not. Uh so, yeah, Perfect. I would say, and, like, who knows about Philly? Philly trading James Harden, is Morgan going to be able to reel in a good package there? Totally up in the air. Even we so, like, Embiid and Maxi, I feel like it's enough to get you, like, a top four or five. Yeah, seven. what if Embiid gets hurt? Right. Easy. Yeah. So. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page. I think that their ceiling is probably 47 wins. I say their ceiling is five, is the five seed. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, And maybe win a series. Which is probably the I think think that's fine. That's like... Yeah. So here's my last thing on this, Jason. I would have been very happy trading Zach Levine if they get a good package for him. If they right. can't, don't trade him. Because I don't think tanking, you know, your own pick in what is considered a bad draft in 2024 is that good of a team building strategy. I also think fans overrate how tanking. much championship equity is gained by I'm a taking. Yeah. The example of I this. Agree give is the Detroit Pistons who got the number one overall pick Cade Cunningham they've had you know a couple more top five picks, and they still suck they, they suck ass they're gonna suck they're gonna suck in games yeah. last year and for that 15 win season they got the fifth pick the worst pick they could possibly get 
the, the Pistons are not even close to a title. Obviously, they probably have better championship equity than the Bulls, just by virtue they, of maybe, maybe Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson and Jalen Duran are studs. And my boy Killian Hayes, never forget. Uh, but like the Pistons are not even close to winning a championship either. They've been horrible forever. They tore it down to the studs. They got the number one overall pick in what was considered a very good number one overall selection in Cade. And they're just not fucking close to winning the title. The Pistons could easily tap out as a team that can only win one playoff series, despite all this horrible basketball they've played in recent years. So the thing about the the tank thing is if the Bulls were to do that, you might as well press the button that says sim the next five years because the games aren't going to be worth watching. Like, yeah, the sickos like me and you and the people who listen to this podcast will be invested in the individual development of young players. There will always be something captivating about watching the Bulls. But the games won't matter. Now, now, Jason, with an average team that has no chance of winning the championship, these Chicago Bulls, each of the games really does matter. Because you're fighting for playoff position. You're like trying to accomplish your goal of getting out of the playing tournament. The games have real stakes. And I think that's much more compelling to watch, even though I do agree we're only in it for titles and you should always be building for a title in some way. And I don't think the Bulls are doing that. And I think that's silly. But uh, as a fan... I don't really want another teardown if a teardown isn't going to happen on value positive deals. That's the, that's the thing. Like if they're going to, if they're going to blow it up, they need to like make good trades to like start it out. And it just does not seem like that's going to happen. It feels like no, nobody values Levine around the league to like get you like a good start on this, like teardown. Uh, and DeRozan probably not either. And Vooch, obviously, fucking not. Uh, so, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like just if you're gonna rebuild and with like nothing, why? Like, you're going probably going nowhere. Uh, yeah, I'm also like not like a tank humper. So, like, do I love like the direction they're going? Like, whatever. Again, going back to like Rob Schaefer, our guy, his quote, like he says they're rudderless. That's probably true. Like, they're probably going nowhere with this core. Because we, I mean, we've seen the data. They are a. We call them the mid three for a reason. They're probably not going anywhere. But like, does blowing it up and just like tanking for several years mean anything? It might not. Like, you could easily do that, and it doesn't mean anything. So like, uh, like if they're going to try to stay competitive for whatever a year or two, it doesn't totally bother me. Like it, I totally get the idea of it. Like, and maybe it actually works. Maybe they, it turns into something better. Uh, will it, I don't actually know, but I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Because like taking is certainly not the only like way to go. Uh, and we'll see, but hey, Jace, yeah, let's win a fucking playoff series. this your baby. <laughs> let's be better than the Nick. Ricky. Are you, are you like, are you super hyped about the Tory Craig and, and uh yeah, Carter signings. Are you ready for thing, this? Dude, the last, like I said, the last three transactional periods, they didn't do shit. So my expectations were on the floor. It's Bulls free agency. They always yes. fucking suck. They always blow it. And they signed two pretty good players. They did. 
they're not total game changers, the bo- but they're yeah. pretty solid. The bottom line here is the Bulls, like with what they're the, the direction they're going, the signings they've made are really good. You can argue with the direction they're going. You can argue with they should should they blow it up. We all know. Should they blow it up? Whatever. If they you can argue that they should blow it up. We've talked about it. We've argued for it. It's fine. They're clearly not doing it. With the direction they're going. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see what they do with Zach. I mean, the Zach rumors have been out there. But if they do keep this core together, the additions they've made this offseason are legitimately good. Tory Craig. And Javon Carter are legitimately good signings. It makes them better. Uh, will it actually like ma- uh, matter next season? We'll see. There are still a lot of pretty good teams in the East. We'll see what the fuck happens with the Sixers and fucking James Harden and all that bullshit. Uh, some of these other teams. But, I mean, maybe the Bulls can actually make a move in the East. We'll see. I would be doubtful just based on what has happened the last few years with the mid three, but if they do actually do believe in this, if Arturis Karnovas, Karnashovas actually believes in this mid three, the moves they have made this off season with Craig, with Javon Carter, they, they're moves that make sense. So we'll see. Ricky, your final thoughts. You're good. Let's Dude, wrap I'm it up. Recording this podcast inside of a closet in a hotel bar, because that's how bad my day has been. On numerous levels. Uh, Ricky is back in Chicago in a hotel closet. Because he's uh, just the situation he's in is fucked up. But he's in a hotel closet. I got locked out of my apartment, essentially, because the key fob stopped working. So there's the story. Fun times. uh, They set me up in a hotel. And now I'm recording this in a closet. It's uh, almost the 4th of July. We're on July 3rd at like 11 p.m. Uh, Ricky is in a closet. Uh, I'm drunk as shit here at my house. Uh, it's a great time. We're talking about the Chicago Bulls basketball in their free. And we got Tory Craig, baby. So. And we have Tory Craig. We got we got Javon Carter. We got Tory Craig. The Bulls are back. Maybe not. Probably not. But we're gonna we're gonna be fired up about Jeez, them right now. Over under forty four and a half. Oh, wins. oh, this is actually perfect because me and my friend Chris, who you know. I always bring up Chris. We have a bet literally every single season about the Bulls over under wins. You said, what are we going to say? 44 and a half? Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. I always go over when I have this bet with Chris. They're going to win 45 games next year. Over. They're going over 45. They're going to go 45 and 37. That's going to wrap it us, wrap it up here for us of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. We're in the middle of free agency. A lot, a lot of free agency has happened already, but a lot of great NBA coverage at, at the Blue Wire, Net, Blue Wire Network. And, of course, tons of other great podcast coverage at Blue Wire. For us here at Cash Considerations, you can follow us. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SVN underscore Ricky. Uh, please also follow the great coverage, Ricky's coverage at SVNation.com. Please go to uh, clutchpoints.com. We got tons of great uh, NBA fantasy uh, coverage there. So please, uh, we will be back at some point in the next whatever, week or so. We'll see if the Bulls do anything else. They do have some, uh, we'll see. Uh, in terms of uh, 
what are we what are we gonna they say? They can bring back IO. Yeah, on at IO. We'll see what happens with IO. We'll see what happens under the luxury tax. We'll see if they try to duck under it. IO is still a big decision to make. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We will see if they assign anybody else. Uh, we will be back at some point in the next week or so uh, on this podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.